0: Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 22. Uh, we're speaking along the lines of what doers do not do. And of course, in James one twenty-two, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers, deceiving your own selves. Well, I had this thought the other week, what doers don't do. And we said last week, the doers do not worry. Doers don't worry. And I didn't get finished with that. So we're going to look back at Matthew chapter 6. And how many of you believe in God with me today? Praise God. Thank you for speaking to us by your word and by your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Matthew 6 and verse 25, he said, Therefore I say unto you, so he's talking to us, Take no thought. Now this word, take no thought, literally means take no anxious thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor yet for your body. What you're going to put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. I love this quote by George Mueller. He said this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith and the beginning of faith is the end of anxiety. Quite a statement right there. Now we know from the book of Proverbs that an anxious heart weighs a man's down. Now, the old English word for weighs a man down literally means to choke or to strangle. Well, that sounds like Mark chapter 4, that the cares of this world enter in and choke the word so that the word of God becomes unfruitful, or we could say it this way, unproductive in our lives. So we do not want to be choked out, weighed down by the cares of this life. And in verse 26, he says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? We talked last week about a revelation of how much our heavenly Father loves us will enable us not to worry. And then in verse 27, he says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? So we see here from this verse that worry is unhelpful. It can't make you taller. It can't make you shorter. It can't make you live longer. It can't, you know, all those things. It can't change the past. It can't control the future. It's like someone said many years ago, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you won't get anywhere. It won't pay your bills. It won't heal your body. It won't get you the job that you need. So we need then not to worry. And in verse 28, he says, And why take you thought for raiment or clothing? Consider consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven... Shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So if he feeds the birds, if he clothes the grass of the field, he's going to feed you. You're going to eat, and you're going to have clothes to wear. Your loved ones are going to eat, and your loved ones are going to have clothing to wear. Verse 31, Therefore, take no thought, again, anxious thought, saying. That's the way that we take the thoughts that come to our mind is we begin to say them and to rehearse them. Instead of saying those thoughts, we need to be saying God's thoughts or God's Word. Therefore, take no thought. What shall we eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or well with shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek after, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As you seek him first, you can expect him to add good things into your life because he's good to us. And then Jesus goes ahead and says this, Therefore, take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This quote by Cory ten Boom is, is worth your drive here this morning. She said this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow It empties today of its strength. And then she went on to say, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So then when it comes to worry, there's two principles we want to take a look at today. Number one, principle number one is taking control. Your mind is your mind. Say that with me. My mind mind. is my mind. In other words, our thought life is in our control. We can control what we think about. Now today, for example, I've got two scriptures that I'm going to think about and meditate on throughout the course of the day. The two scriptures that I'm thinking about today and letting roll over in my heart and my mind, number one is Matthew eight seventeen, which says, Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. And then the second verse that I'm letting dwell in me richly today is Philippians 4.19, which says, But my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So I'm not making it difficult on myself to think that I have to have 25 scriptures that I need to be thinking about all day. I'm just taking two. And I'm going to meditate on those words. And that word is going to rise up big within me. And healing, praise God, will be evident in my life. And needs being met will be evident in my life and in the life of this church. Amen. So then, worrying and fear is really, literally meditating on the lies of the enemy. But faith is meditating on the word of God. Now look in John chapter 14, and notice with me in verse 1, Jesus said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Evidently, he knew that there were going to be some things that would come into our lives that would try to trouble our hearts, trouble our minds. And so Jesus said, don't let it happen. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, this is in your control. This is something that you control. He said, now, you believe in God, believe also in me. Now, if my heart is troubled, and your heart is troubled, and your mind is filled with fear and worry, it's because we let it happen. See, it's a choice. It is something that is in our control. In John 14 and verse 27, looking at this verse from the Amplified... Notice this with me. He said, peace I leave with you. He said, this is my own peace that I give and bequeath to you. And this peace that I give you is not as the world gives, give I unto you. Thank God the peace that Jesus gives doesn't come in a bottle. It doesn't come in a pill. It doesn't come in a relationship. This peace does not come from the world. This peace comes from heaven. So he's given us heaven's peace for earth's pressures. It is not as the world gives. Then he goes on to say, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You are the understood subject of that particular phrase. You don't, I don't allow my heart to be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. And I like how this says it here in the amplified stop everyone says stop. stop stop it stop allowing yourself to be agitated. Have you noticed that when fear-filled thoughts come and worry-filled thoughts come, along with it many times comes agitation. So he says stop allowing yourself to be agita- agitated. Or disturbed or frustrated, and notice this, and do not permit yourself. don't give the enemy a permit. You give him a permit, he want to take it, get a driver's license. Don't permit it. I mean, at the first thought, cast it down. At the first thought of doubt unbelief, slap it down. Amen. Do not permit yourselves. To be fearful, or full of fear, and intimidated, and cowardly, and unsettled. So what Jesus is saying is this is in your control. You can stop allowing it. Remember Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you forbid in your thought life, will be backed up in heaven. Whatever you allow on earth, I'll back you up in heaven. So on one hand, we bind the devil's thoughts. On the other hand, we allow God's thoughts. Amen? And when you allow God's thinking to dominate your soul, He will watch over His Word to perform it on your behalf. He is on your side. He is for you. And He is watching over your soul. He is the bishop, the superintendent... The one sent forth to watch over your soul. I love that. And so what this is saying to us this morning is we are the gatekeepers of our heart and our mind. We can decide what comes in and we can decide what goes out. We make the decision daily on what we're going to forbid and what we're going to allow. So we know by living in this world, that pressures and cares and thoughts and feelings and worries of anxiety, they're going to come. How many of you know they are real? But here's the thing. Just because it comes on you doesn't mean you need to let it in you. The wind may be blowing real, real strong on the roof of your house, but in the kitchen, it's nice and calm. I love what Dad Hagen said many years ago. You may not be able to do anything about the birds flying over your head, but you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Amen? And so we see here then that Jesus is simply saying, don't let it in. And we need to have some self-talk. When these thoughts come, we need to say to ourselves, I'm not going to let this trouble me. I'm not going to allow this in my thinking today. And then the enemy will come, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but no, just shut him down. Yes, but the word of God says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yes, but the word of God says I'm more than a conqueror to him that loved me. Well, you're looking a little bad today. You're looking a little down to today. Yeah, but the word of God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. For every tear-filled thought Satan brings, God's got a faith-filled thought from His Word that you can believe and speak and act upon all day, and your day will go much, much better. Amen? Does God want us to have good days? He that would have good days and live long on this earth, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and that his lips that they speak no guile. If you want to see good, we must talk good. And the communication of your faith becomes divinely energized as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Friends, there's a lot of good things which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. One great and glorious thing is the gift of righteousness. Amen. The enemy comes along and says, Yeah, but do you remember what you did last week? Yeah, but do you remember what you did yesterday? You just give him a yeah, but right back in his face. Yeah, but do you remember what Jesus did to you 2,000 years ago? Do you remember that he became sin with my sinfulness? That I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen? So the communication of your faith, what you say and what you think about on a daily and a regular basis will divinely energize your faith. It will become effectual by acknowledging the good things which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. The good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus, is you're a new creation. Amen. Say it with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and I am a new creation. So we left off last week in Philippians 4 and it didn't quite get done with that. So let's look at Philippians chapter 4 and begin in verse 6. Philippians the 4th chapter says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. We said this, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Well, first of all, you're going to give it to him. Secondly, you're going to pray. And thirdly, you're going to get into the arena of praise and thanksgiving. Now, once you do that, then he does his part. See, we have a part to play, but he has a big part to play. And the part he plays is in verse 7. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God. This is the result of doing verse 6. You can't get verse 7 unless you do verse 6. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds in and through Christ Jesus. Amen? And then if you look at verse 8, he tells us once we've rolled it on him, once we've prayed, once we've praised, and peace begins to be evident in our lives, he tells us how to keep it. He tells us how to keep it. And here's how you keep it. For brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, do what? Think on on these things. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hook your mind up with God's word, which is spirit and which is life. And you will have ongoing peace in your life. That list right there, everything on that list, the word of God meets all of those qualifications. Amen. And so in verse eight, this is our part. But then you look at verse 9, and you see now what he'll do when you do this. Before we look at verse 9, let me just read to you this. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do the best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Think about the best and not the worst. The beautiful and not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Amen? Amen. So what do you say we do that all day long? And notice what we can expect him to do. Notice with me in verse 9. Would you read this with me? Ready, read. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard. Now stop right there. Have we learned something this morning? Have you received it today? Amen? Amen. Have you heard something today? Let's begin to read again. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace. Now that's a little blind to us. I, I like how the uh, TPT says that today's pra- uh, passion translation says this. It says, follow the example... Of all that we have imparted to you. See, there's things that are being imparted to us through the word. Amen. And the God of peace will be with you in all things. Hallelujah. I like the way it says that. Yeah. In all things of life. In all areas of life. You want and I want the God of peace to be with me. Woo. Amen. Yeah no matter what circumstance we face, no matter how hard the adversary rises up against us, when the God of peace is with us and for us and in us, it makes no difference who's against us. Amen. Say with me, if the God of peace, God of peace be for me, before me, who can be against me? Be against now look over at Psalm 55, the 55th Psalm. Psalm 55 Cast Your burden On the Lord And He will sustain you I saw this very Clearly Did you know that your healing is connected To you casting Your burden on Him A lot of people Worry themselves sick And then once they're sick They worry themselves to death Many times to an early grave. But what if you got a bad report and you just cast your burden on the Lord? What if you did that? Well, if you'll do that, you will position yourself to be sustained by Him. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So what this is saying is, unload your burdens. The Amplified says it this way, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. That's the exact opposite of holding on to it. And He will sustain you. He'll never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, or to fall or fail. Oh, hallelujah. I like that, don't you? Yeah. Still another translation says, it doesn't, uh, we don't have it. He says, cast your burden upon the Lord and He will support you. Support, sustain, to keep. The word sustain means He's going to keep you. He's going to nourish you. He's going to feed you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to guide you. And he's gonna hold you. Oh, I've reminded myself many times in life and in ministry of his sustaining power. So, what we've said this morning then, number one, when it comes to living free of worry, there are two vital principles. Number one, taking control. Taking control. It is in my control. But the second one, is giving control the second one is giving control and did you know that it takes humility to give him control of things look at 1st Peter chapter 5 and I think we should probably begin in verse 5 if we could let's look back there and uh, notice with me the context here in 1st Peter chapter 5 It says here, Likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then he says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in what? He may exalt you in due time. And then in verse 7, casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. It is a humble man and it is a humble woman who understands and realizes there are just some things in life that are out of my control. There are some things in life that I can't fix. As much as we think that we can, we can't. But I know someone who can. It is your heavenly father. That's why he said, casting all of your care, all of your anxieties, once and for all upon me, because I care for you. You see, having the awareness that there's some things that are too big for us, that we just can't fix this worrying about it ain't gonna help it worrying about it's not gonna fix it matter of fact just makes it worse you know in aviation most airplanes most jets require two pilots in the cockpit the duties of the pilots are divided between the pilot that is flying and the co-pilot that is monitoring There's to be absolutely no uncertainty on who's got the controls. One flies and one monitors. Ten years ago, about Air France had a flight going from Rio de Janeiro over to Paris. And about halfway through, they ran into thunderstorms. It was a dark night. It was in the middle of the night. And there was a malfunction in the jet. And the autopilot went off, and all of a sudden, they're back in control. And on this jet, it didn't have the, the typical yoke like this. On this jet, it had joysticks, kind of like on a, a game. There was one on the right, and there was one on the left, and there were two pilots. And one of the guys on the right was over-controlling. He began to panic. And he began to take that stick and just pull it all the way back. It's dark. Can't see a thing. Without realizing it, what's happening is he's pitching the nose upward. And you can only pitch a jet upward for so long that the plane will stall. And so this jet began to stall and it fell about ten thousand feet a minute. Think about that. The other pilot on the left realized what was going on and he said, My controls, my controls, my controls. But the other guy on the right hand, he just wouldn't turn loose of it. He had a death grip on it. He's holding it back and the other guy is pushing it forward. And they've only got about three and a half minutes before they crash. If he had relinquished the control, and if he had given it to someone who could recover that thing, how many of you know both of them can't be in control? How many of you understand today that we do not, I repeat, do not want God, come on somebody, as our co pilot? We want him as our pilot. And along the flights of your life. And along the paths of your life. You may hear the Holy Spirit say. Son, daughter, my controls. My controls. My controls. Give him control. Put it in his capable hands. What the Holy Spirit said to me yesterday was this. Keep your hands off. And keep your head out. Yeah. Keep your hands off of some things, folks. And keep your head out of it. Yes. Don't even allow yourself to touch it in thought life. Okay. But the guy who had the, the death grip on it, he never gave the other pilot control. And it caused the jet to crash into the ocean. A tragic Tragedy that could have been avoided. There are many things that the enemy would like to do in our lives. There are many snares and many traps that he would like to set. There are many people that experience tragedies in life, but oh, if they had just given it to the Lord. In life, we face things that are so far beyond us, How many of you know this? That most things with other people are beyond us? Are you listening to me? So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We need to relinquish. Come on. We need to relinquish control. And turn it over to the God of heaven and earth. Turn it over to the God who never slumbers or sleeps. Turn it over to the God before whom eyes all things are open. He sees it all. He knows it all. And he knows how to work things out. Have you seen him work things out before in your life? Have you seen him move where in the natural realm it seemed like, oh, it'll never happen. But all of a sudden God showed up and showed out when you gave him control. He began to move in your life. Some of you this morning are facing some of these things that we're talking about. Number one, your mind is your mind and it's in your control. Number two, there's things that you just need to give to the Lord. Relinquish control. Somebody said, well, I lost my job. How many of you know that God can get you a better job? Right. But worrying about the loss of your job is not going to do you any good. Your attitude should be this. What's next, Papa? Thank you, Lord. I was talking to a lady the other day from our church that had lost her job and had worked on this job for many, many years and all of a sudden she was let go. And she was down about it. And I just told her, look, you need to carry yourself with confidence and just know that your God is good and your attitude should be, hey, what's next, Dad? He's got something better for you. Amen? Because He loves us and He's for us. Amen? Let's pray. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we purpose in our heart to not allow the enemy into our soul and his thoughts into our lives. Say this with me in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We come against the enemy and the forces of hell. For Jesus gave us authority authority. to use his name. name. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, We bind the principalities. We bind the powers. We bind the rulers of the darkness of this world. We bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places. And we render you harmless and ineffective against our soul, against our minds, in the name of Jesus. You said in your word to cast all my care Upon you. I, link, I relinquish my control and I say, Father, into your hands I commit it all. I roll my cares, I roll all my anxieties over on you in the name of Jesus. And I fully expect the peace of God that passeth all understanding. To keep my heart and my mind mind. through Christ Jesus. Everybody said amen. amen.